Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval, terms apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to Working, the podcast about what people do all day. I'm Jacob Brogan. There are few destinations that make me happier than a tailor shop, partly because I know that I will always come out looking my best. And this week, as part of our mini-series on the people who make us look good, we spent some time at one of the best tailor shops in D.C., chatting with Cheryl Lofton, who has tailoring running in her blood, having learned the trade from her grandfather and having spent decades in the business. Today, she's taken a more managerial role, but her bustling shop in DC's Shaw neighborhood reflects those years of experience. She and her contractors do everything from simple hemming to creating bespoke ball gowns. We spoke to Lofton about all of that uh, toward the shop itself, and she's also got some really smart thoughts about what you should do if you want your own clothes to fit properly. And in a Slate Plus Extra, we went through the process of resizing a pair of my own pants and chatted with Lofton about her relationship with her assistant. If you're a member, enjoy bonus segments and interview transcripts from Working, plus other great podcast exclusives. Start your two-week free trial at slate.com slash working plus. What is your name and what do you do? My name is Cheryl Lofton and I like to call myself a tailoress. I'm a lady tailor. Does that mean that you just tailor for ladies? No, that means that I tailor for men and ladies, but mostly it's a male dominated profession. So Mm -hmm. it's always men have always been historically called tailors. So I'm not a tailor. I'm a tailoress. I like that. I like that feminine edge. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Can you describe some of these photos on the walls? Are these people uh, in your family here? Oh, hey, these are me, actually. This one up top is my grandfather. This is my this is the first suit he ever made. He said this is what made him know he was going to become a tailor. This is his prom suit. Uh So he made that suit from the ground up. For his prom. So that's what made him decide that he wanted to do this for a living. Okay, so a lot of people say he looks just like Theo Huxtable. (laughs) But, you know, I'm not sure about that. I'll let you guys decide on that. (laughs) Of course, this is me. This is just pictures of me in this profession. This is where I was telling someone that I'm the best tailor in town and they need to know that. (laughs) How did you get into tailoring? Tailor missing. My grandfather was a tailor. He came here from Texas in 1939, started this business. So we're a third generation business. So. When you have something like this, it's a family business passed on from generation to generation. Mm -hmm. Do you just 
get your training on the job Absolutely. in the shop? Or, or Absolutely. You- well, we did have Lofton School of Tailoring. So we had the first black tailor shop here in Washington, D.C. So we did train veterans. When veterans came out of the military back then, you know, it was very few schools for them to attend. Mm-hmm. So we had Lofton School of Tailoring so that they could come here and learn to tailoring, learn a trade so that they could get a job and become employed because it was very difficult, especially for black veterans mm-hmm. when they came out. So my grandfather had a school where he taught them. So uh, you learned from him, from your grandfather? I did. Every summer, if you were in the Lofton family, you did not get to play all summer. You had to come and learn how to sew. <laughs> Different kind of summer camp. Different kind of summer camp, absolutely, right? So like what, a boot camp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you go to your grandfather's school? Did you attend that? It, I did not attend the school. I went just as a Lofton. You just went every summer. You didn't have to go to the school. You just automatically were fed through the Lofton tailoring. The, the house, the shop was school. That's right. Uh, what's the difference between... Uh, having that that more formal training and and the more informal but kind of thorough uh, experience that you got? Well, I think when you have the informal one that I got, you know, there's you actually learn more because you get to do it over and over and over again. Um, You also you get yelled at more, too, because you're a family. Right. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. when you do something wrong, chances are you're going to get yelled at and made to do it over and over and over again. So I, I clearly remember one time my grandfather told me to take the back off of a vest. And so I really thought he meant just like literally destroy and demolish this vest and take it apart. So I took everything off of the vest and he had to like literally remake it. But really, he just wanted the seams detached from it. But I took the two pieces of the back apart, everything. I got in trouble. When you're in the school, you know, it's a little different. I'm sure it was more formal. And, you know, if you mess up. It's it's a nice kind of sort of, oh, well, you know, we can just do that again. Mm-hmm. So. so what services do you offer here in your shop? We um, actually call ourselves the doctors of clothing. We can re- do anything to your clothing. We can repair it. We can restyle it. We can repurpose it. And we can just alter it to perfection, just to whatever look you want from your clothing. That's what we do. We do all sorts of alterations. And we also do custom tailorings. We're big in custom shirts for men and women. We also do custom suits. When so. you say custom, you mean made to measure? Make it made to measure. Made to measure. We also make uh, ball gowns. We have one here that we just recently made a ball gown. If Sydney can get that and show you how fabulous. It's right here, Sydney. It's back there. It's fabulous. So and we you, do. So you make these from, from scratch? From the beginning. This is, we'll show you very on the front, Sydney, right there. This was a piece of fabric less than two weeks ago. And now it's a. It's actually a wedding dress, but it looks like a ball gown. Oh, wow. Yep. Beautiful. So that's the kind of stuff we do. We make dreams come true in here, right? People come in with ideas of what they want, and we, you know, we're not designers, but we'll make your designs come true. Can we get a little closer look uh, at that that dress that you you built? Yeah, let's see what we can do. Okay. For example, this girl, you, you know, she came in with two pictures. She wanted this dress. And this one combined. So this one is a fully covered top. And this one is what basically will be called a sweetheart top. So this is like, this is strapless. This is not strapless. So what she wanted really was a strapless dress like this. But she wanted this kind of a sweetheart in here. We call it a sweetheart. It follows the bus line, right? Um, She definitely wanted a high low. So she really wanted to just blend, merge these two dresses together. So what we did is we um, we drew up a picture. I don't have it. We drew up a picture of what the dress would look like based on what she said she wanted. Um, 
these were both high end, you know, dresses that she could not afford. But she, so we wanted to give her what she could not afford anyway. She these dresses are upwards of five, six, seven thousand dollars. She had a budget of thirteen hundred dollars. So we had to make that work for her. So um again we first created a silhouette of the dress and she came in and she tried that on and it fit her very well. Had you already chosen the fabric? This this really she and I met at the fabric, fabric shop point? and she fell in love with this. We both did it at the same time. This really was nothing like what she said she wanted. But we saw this and we knew that this would work. Part of being a consultant is being able to feel what will work for something. Mm-hmm. We saw this at the same time and decided that this would be the perfect fabric for it's her dress. covered in these sort of textural floral right, details. Right, right. Was that right. part of the fabric that's, or do you attach that? That's part of the fabric. That's what, that's part of what made her fall in love with this fabric because she really wanted to afford something that had appliques and things on it. So we found fabric that had it on it. It was kind of sort of the color that she wanted and we could create the look. The fabric had enough firmness for us to create the look that she wanted. And so that's how it came to be. So, you know, we're excited. She's coming tomorrow. She'll be seeing this for the first time tomorrow. So we're excited about that because we know she's going to be happy, right? Because it looks even more beautiful made up. All she ever saw was just what we call the muslin Mm -hmm. part of it, which was this off-white kind of fabric. She was happy with the fit of that. So now tomorrow she's going to see this actual dress for the first time. And this is her wedding dress. How many square yards of fabric? Um, Well, okay. So this dress, we bought eight yards of fabric. We bought, we always buy over the amount we need because you never know. Sometimes fabrics have snags, they have flaws, and you have to cut around that. Especially with all those applications. Absolutely. With all these applications, we could not take a chance on buying not enough and then go back and the fabric's gone. So now you've invested. This fabric is not cheap. It's like $70 a yard. So we couldn't take a chance on investing in only five yards and then we need more and it's not there. So, you know, you, you do have some waste a lot of times, but you know, she can do something else with it later. You know, she had about mm, a yard and a half, two yards of waste there. So that you cannot return to the store. How long does it take all told usually to, to create a, a wedding dress or something like this? Um, it depends on the style of it, you know, and it depends on the situation. That was an emergency, so that's been a three-week process so far. It's only been three weeks, so I'll say 30 days is our minimum, but we have pieces that take as much as, you know, eight weeks, pretty much not too much more than that. What is so time-intensive about it? Is it just that someone yeah, needs Yeah, well, you have to make a working? pattern. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, these, these are pieces that come in with no pattern. We don't, like, go to the fabric store and buy a pattern. So we have to cut the pattern first. That alone is time intensive, okay? And then we have to put it together, put together the initial pattern, and they have to come in and try that on. Then we have to go back and cut the fabric. Then they have to come in and try that shell on. Then we have to go back and put the lining in. They have to come back and try that on. Then they have to, we have to have a final fitting to make sure that if this, like, for that dress, any beading and accessories have to be put on. So that's what makes it so. So, you know, time consuming. But it's not that you're, you know, working on it continuously for eight Oh, no, no. Oh, no, absolutely just... not. You know, we, we carve out certain hours in a day and not every day to work on that garment because we have so much else in terms of alterations. We're really busy with alterations. We have contracts with other stores. And so we can't just spend our time on one garment. What percentage of the time uh, in the shop is, is really big projects, mm-hmm. time-intensive projects like that? And, and what percentage of it is... More conventional alterations. Um, I'm going to say it's 80% alterations and 20% bigger projects. What are the most common alterations that you end up doing here? 
Well, of course, every man needs his pants hemmed. Not every know. man knows that, though. Yeah, I know. Well, you know, we try to make sure they know that. That's why we have that chart back there so people can know what kind of break they want on their pants, yeah. right? Some people want a long break. Some people want a short one. A break is, you know, it, it deals with a fold in the pants where the pants hangs on your shoe. Some people like a little bit of a bend in there. Some people like it to hang straight at the top of the shoe. And some people like a deep bend. Um, it's It's really just... That's really just what it is. It just talks about how much excess fabric is left at the bottom of the pants. Some people want none. Some people want a lot. So that's the break. Remember the song? These are the breaks. Okay. So that's the break. So we have, as you can see in the picture there, you know, you have the different types of breaks. So when you, when I say fold, you see that little bend in the, in the fabric. That's what it is. So that's a hems shortening the sleeves for women. It's always pretty much hemming of gowns and dresses. And um, I'll say taking in the, the sides. Mm-hmm. And that's for men and women. Everybody wants that contour mm-hmm. on their garment. So it's a lot of taking in sides on garments. The way that we look at the fit of clothing has changed a lot Absolutely. over the years and mm-hmm. uh, have the kinds of things that people come and ask you for mm-hmm. uh, changed Absolutely. over the decades as yes. well. Right. So we've gone from bell-bottom wide-leg pants to, of course, you know, skinny pants now, right? So we have a lot of people who don't want to get rid of their expensive clothes from yesteryear. Mm -hmm. And so they they want them restyled to fit them now. Do those bell-bottoms made into skinny jeans? Absolutely. The problem is that you'll never be able to get them back to bell-bottoms. So we make sure they know that when they come in here. So, you know, that's changing. Then the taper is a lot harder now. Tapering is bringing a coat or whatever to fit your body, to lay right on your body. As opposed to, you know, you used to have a loose fist. Now everything is like clinging to the body. So a taper just gives you silhouette and contour. Back in the days, you know, when I started working with my grandfather, the taper was not that hard. You know, now even guys want their stuff almost painted on. Mm-hmm. They want no wrinkles anywhere. They just want a hard taper. So that's changed. You know, it's it's very tapered now, everything. Are there particular alterations that are especially or more difficult than others to do? Absolutely. Like cutting down the shoulders. That's very labor and time intensive. And it it does require you to come back in another time to make sure that we have that shoulder right before we cut that fabric out because it's a one way street. Once we cut it, there's no going back the other way. Right. So So what are the most crucial tools of your trade? What are the the, uh, pins and needles and such that that you, you find yourself using? Every day. Well, actually, the most crucial tool is a good tailor. Okay, so we make sure we have the best. You know, we have the best in, in bridal alterations and the best in men's tailoring. So if first and foremost, it's the people who you hire to do the work, right? We have we don't take anybody that doesn't have at least 20 years of experience. Wow. Right. How many people do you have working in the shop here? We have actually four contractors. You know, they don't just work with us. They work with other people, too. And then we have a bridal specialist. That's all she does is bridal, nothing else. We have a lot of people who only do one thing. Like our tailors only do pretty much men's tailoring. Our seamstress pretty much stick to women's. They can do other things, but we prefer to have people who specialize in what they do mm-hmm. so that we know that we can offer the best possible situation for you. So can you take us on a quick tour of the shop? Absolutely. Yep. We can have a tour of the shop. So normally Sydney would be sitting right there waiting for the customers to come in and she greets everyone and makes sure everybody's happy. Okay. So this is our tailor shop side. We call this the bakery. A lot of times, you know, this is like you don't really get to see this part that often. But so this is our hair tailor phase. Phase is actually, you know, working on some men's garments right now. 
where he works. How many sewing in. machines are there? Um, well, we have one, two, three sewing machines, and then we have all of our machines are industrial machines, and then we have other machines like these here. Like this is what's called a blind stitch machine. This is a machine that would hem your pants. This is where we do all our hems right here. We all have so have a serger, both uh, two commercial sergers. This is what finishes the inside of your garment. Um, like this is what will finish the inside of here so that it looks mm -hmm. nice and neat. Um, then we have Ali. Ali actually is the person who made that dress for us. That dress we just showed you, he's the one that made that dress come to life. Okay. How are so, you? Um, he's an outstanding. He does men and women's, but he can create anything for a woman that you want. So at any time you've got two to four people working back here? Yep. We always have at least three people. The minimum. walls are here lined with thread in virtually every color. Right. What other kinds of uh, supplies do you have to keep on hand to make sure that you can do whatever you need to do? We always have to have razor blades because we're always taking stuff apart every day and we don't use the cute little tailoring things. We use blades because we need to do it, you know, relatively quickly. Um, uh, thread, of course, is the most important. And of course, an industrial iron. You have to have a good iron because pressing is important. So we have an iron and a steamer to make sure that when a garment is finished, then it looks like it came out of the store, you know, because in handling garments, they can get wrinkled. So we have to have a good presser all the time and someone who knows how to press. And all of these tailors are expert pressers. This is Lucia. Lucia is our head seamstress. She makes sure every bridesmaid is happy that leaves out of here, right? So, what what about uh, buttons and things like that? Um, mostly we, we do have a supply of buttons and pretty much people bring their buttons when they come, mm -hmm. they know what they want. Like if you just need a button on your shirt, we always have that here. Mm -hmm. But when people want a change of buttons, they normally bring their own buttons. And if they don't, we do have sets here for them to choose mm -hmm. from. Yeah. Uh, and are there other, you know, gadgets you need say to like attach the kind of riveted, uh, uh, seams of a pair of jeans or something like um, that? We don't attach rivets. We send them next door to the shoe shine. Huh. They do it over there, right? So, you know, they, they do that on shoes and snaps on leather jackets. So all that we send over there to them. We don't do rivets. You've been listening to Taylor Cheryl Lofton. In a minute, Lofton tells us about the day-to-day -day business of running her Washington, D.C. shop. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. How much time these days do you spend actually working on garments? None. 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 Uh, but has that changed over the years? Yeah, I, I stopped. And when I came actually to this location here, which was in 2006, I committed to not sewing anymore because it's really impossible to grow the business, mm-hmm. manage the business and be chained to a machine, too. Mm-hmm. So I just committed that I would not do it. I had done it my entire life. I let that go. And that's probably the best decision I ever made. Do you think that you would be able to, to consult with customers and clients without that background? I mean, would you be able to run a business like this without really knowing how tailoring works? Absolutely not. It helps to know what's involved in the construction of a garment. Mm -hmm. It helps to be able to see a person stand in front of that mirror and you know what the nuts and bolts are of that garment, how it's made, and you can visualize what you need to do to fix it. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if you've never taken a garment apart, it's hard to know what's inside of it. Mm-hmm. What makes it work? What makes the sleeve hang this way? What makes the bust line hang away? What makes the crotch hang a certain way? If you've never altered or made a garment, it's difficult to know that. So do you still do then consultations with customers? Oh, about- absolutely. Yeah. I'm still here for all the fittings pretty much, mm-hmm. you know, except for bridal fittings. I'm in on every fitting, but I let the bridal specialist do that. Mm-hmm. And if there's a guy who has like, you know, if you're having your pleats removed and your shoulders cut down, I let my head tailor face handle that. That's what he does. And so, but I'm here for, for every consultation. So what is a typical day like for you then? When do you arrive uh, in the shop in the morning? When do you get going? Well, um, I try to get here by 10 o'clock. Uh-huh. Don't always anymore. But we, you know, I, I do try to get here at 10. Um, after doing this for so many years, sometimes I like to just lay in and come in a little bit later. I have an outstanding assistant, Sydney, so I don't have to worry. If I'm not here, Sydney can run this place, right? Mm-hmm. But on a typical day, we get in here at 10 o'clock, and sometimes, honestly, we're lucky if we get home at 10 o'clock at night. Sometimes we mm-hmm. work late hours because when the shop closes, the work isn't always done. We have to prepare for the next day. We have to order supplies. We have to set up appointments. All that's a part of it. So a lot of times we don't get out of here till 830 at night. During the time that the shop actually is open, mm-hmm. that, that you're here, what are your sort of main activities that you spend well, most of your time doing? as you can see, the, all these people walking in and out, this is our main activity. We're dealing with customers all day long. We also have, of course, you know, Shaw has changed. Yeah. We have Bonobos. We have Reed Wall Tailors. We have Ministry of Supply. We have Stephen Allen. We have a lot of businesses in this area who rely on us for services now. Their customers need alterations, and so they send them here. So we're always busy, you know, communicating with other stores in the area, consulting with them to make sure that they offer the best possible solution to their clients, you know, for all, as far as alterations go and what can be done and what cannot be done. So, uh, you know, a big part of our day is constantly consulting with people to say, yes, you can do this or no, you cannot. How do those relationships uh, get set up in the first place? Do they come to you or did you go to them when they started opening up? Both. Both. Actually, mostly they come to us. They, you know, they need alterations for their clients. They don't want to lose a client. A lot of times a client will not buy something if they can't get it altered immediately. Like if you're getting married Saturday and you buy your pants on Thursday, you want to know you can get them altered. And if you can't, they won't buy from you. And so it's important to them to reach out to find out who can be their local tailor. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we go down, you know, we patronize them as well. We do business with them. We go down and help them. We give them supplies. You know, we train them and how to fit. Mm-hmm. And all that's free from us. We go in and spend time. You know, we also have contracts with some hotels now. 
who, you know, they want to make sure the uniforms look perfect on um, whoever's working their front desk and working the hotel. So we have contracts too with them. Uh, I know that some of those shops, uh, Ministry of Supply, for example, mm-hmm. pay for the alterations. Mm-hmm. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, mm-hmm. Does that, how does that kind of work from a billing perspective for you? Um, we give them 30 days and we also give them a discount. Mm-hmm. Every, every, we have what we created what's called a shop and Shaw discount. So, you know, if you shop in Shaw or if you were storing Shaw, you can get a discount from us. Of course, you know, we have pretty much across the board the same discount for everybody so that everybody feels equal, Mm -hmm. right? How much of your day do you spend uh, actually consulting directly with customers sitting in on fittings Mm -hmm. uh, and and those kinds of activities? That's probably about 60 to 70% of my day. The other part of it is, you know, we're, we're... we blog, we Instagram, we Facebook. So we're always sitting here coming up with ideas. What can we talk about? What's our quick tip for today? Who's our best dress for this week? Who's our wedding Wednesday person? So we're always constantly doing things. You spotlight and customers? I, absolutely. We spotlight yeah. customers at least twice a week. We have a best dress every Friday and we have wedding Wednesday where we spotlight a bride or bride and groom or a bride and bride or a groom and groom, all that. So we make sure that you know, we give them some play for bringing their business to us. We want to make sure that we can show on Facebook what we did for them. So we do a lot, a lot, a large part of our day is social media. And, you know, we're constantly looking, th- you know, keeping up with the fashions, looking through magazines, finding out what exactly is happening in the fashion industry. You have to be up on it at all times, even as an older person now. Is that you know? because you're trying to make sure you understand what fits people are going for? And we want to know what the look people want. You know, we, we want to know what looks people want, what's popular, what are the girls doing? You know, last year it was the jumpsuit craze, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody wanted a jumpsuit. So we learned how to turn old bridesmaids dresses into jumpsuits. Oh, wow. So that they could get more use out of Good them, right? Of Absolutely. Because, you know, I mean, we could have a bridesmaids of DC show in here about how much <laughs> they pay for these bridesmaids gowns and they can't utilize them again. So we come up with creative ways to make sure they can utilize that again. So, How do you, uh, do, do customers just come in knowing that you do stuff like that or do you reach out to them about it? We reach out to them, you know, we, we give them ideas. A lot of times, you know, people spend a lot of money in these clothes. They invest in something that's only going to be worn one time. So we feel like, you know, an added value is to tell them, don't be upset that you paid $300 for this dress and you hate it. We can turn it into something that you like afterwards, even if we cannibalize it and make it into a bustier top. Just something so that they don't feel like they've lost all their investment by paying for this and then paying for alterations because bridal alterations are not cheap Mm -hmm. at all. So we try to come up with creative ways and suggestions to our customers, both men and women. You know, we have men who have suits that have peak lapels that are out of style. If they can make it into, you know, a notch lapel or something like that, they're happier. So we, we, we actually are always scoping you out to see what we can do to help you out. So most of your work then, it sounds like, really is about managing the business, keeping the store running. Do you miss the actual cut and sew work of tailoring these days? I do not miss going home covered in threads. I do not miss that. I don't miss that at all. So, I mean, sometimes, yes, I want to sit at a machine. And, I mean, I can do that when I want to. And sometimes I need to. It's, it's relaxing for me. But overall... Managing has been so much more fulfilling to me. So you usually stay in the shop until about uh, 10. What are the last things you, you do before you leave for the day usually? Always clean up. 
We always clean up so that we're prepared for the next day. That's always the last thing we're doing is making sure that this place is spotless. You never know when a customer is going to greet you right at the door. You don't want to have to come and have to be vacuuming and mopping and, you know, lighting candles. We, we make sure that our place is spotless before we leave here. And we make sure that everybody's garments are hanging up in the right letter so that when they come in, we're ready to give them their garment, you know, and greet them properly in the morning. So a lot of tailoring shops are, are also located in uh, dry cleaning spaces. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that a service that you cleaning uh, provide at all? Or, or Absolutely you, not. No? We don't offer cleaning and we don't want to be known as a tailor uh-huh. with a dry cleaners or a dry cleaners with a tailor. And, uh, you know, we, we are bona fide tailors and seamstress in here. We're not people who just can sew. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times I take nothing away from dry cleaners, but the majority of time they are not people who are been trained as tailors or seamstress. They are just people who sold as a hobby and can sew. And so they go and they work in these dry cleaners. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many garments come through the shop, do you think, in a given week? Oh, depends on the week. I mean, in a given week, we may get as many as 10 new bridal dresses. We may, because we have contracts with stores, of course, we may, as you can see, we have a whole rack of suits right there. So on any given week, we may funnel through here 40 or 50 men's suits, um, maybe 20 or 30 bridesmaids dresses, and, you know, a whole plethora of other alterations. Just people come come through. I mean, we're busy from the time we open our door until we lock that door at 6 p.m. We're always constantly having customers coming. I think you just witnessed that. Yeah. We have customers all the time. What's the gender balance of your clientele generally? Is it 50-50 men, women, something else? It's... um. Well, the women are rapidly trying to take over, but I will say that it's about, what would you say, Sydney? I think it's about 60-40 women, and it used to be 80-20 men to women. Why do you think that has changed? Well, I think that uh, women got into the business world more. That's the the main thing, I think, is women went corporate and they had to dress. And so... um, they had to get man-tailored clothes or, you know, I call them woman-tailored clothes. But um, women had to dress up more. And so, and then they got exposed to alterations. You know, normally women had someone in their house to do alterations, but not anymore. Lots of women have never set up a machine in their life and cannot sew on a button. But they can't go on co- corporate America with their sleeves too long and their pants too long or their skirt twisting around because it's too big at the waist. So, you know, because women are in the workforce big time now in big jobs, they have to look a certain way. Yeah. When you're consulting with a customer, uh, what are the first questions that you ask about? What are you looking for uh, when someone say, you know, tries on a pair of pants that they want mm-hmm. you to, to alter? Um, we ask them what kind of fit do they want? Do they want a comfortable fit? You know, a loose fit? Do they want a very tapered fit? So, you know, we have to know what their comfort level is. You know, so we have to ask people, do you care that your pants feel snug when you sit down? You know, because you're going to be wearing these all day. For a man, typically, we always want to know what kind of break do you want? Do you want a small break, a medium break? Do you want your sock to show? you want a slant to the back? It's a lot of questions, you know. Do you want your cuff showing when we shorten the sleeves? There's so many different questions you have to ask to find out how to actually fit the person. Mm-hmm. Do you ever push back when customers ask for something that you don't actually think will look good? Like if a guy wants... Uh, a lot of bread. If he wants his, his pants baggy at the uh, at the shoe or whatever, are you gonna are you gonna yes. say maybe you want to pull that up a little more? We are the queen of pushback. Mm-hmm. Yes, because you know we have to because we 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 can't just be tails. We have to be advisors because 
we can't let you walk out here and then everybody's like, wow, your pants really look like MC Hammer pants. Why is that? <laughs> because, you know, because Cheryl A. Lofton and Associates did that, right? So, no. So, we will push back. Like, if you know, if you're going above the knee with a skirt and we know that you're going into the work world, we will advise you that, okay, this is a, if you're in a nine to five job, you're not expected to walk in there with a thigh high skirt on. Want to, Want us to do things that we think are not appropriate, we have to at least advise them. Now, once we've advised them, they still want to go forward with it, mm-hmm. then they sign off on a piece of paper saying, This is what I asked for. <laughs> so, uh, so there is there ever time when you just refuse to do an alteration? Absolutely. Absolutely. We actually do say no to some people. Mm-hmm. If we realize that this is potentially a lawsuit <laughs> waiting to happen, we will say no to you. If you tell us that you want your dress cut up to this way in the back and way too long and you know one place or the other you want it asymmetric on one side and we know that once we cut that we cannot go back the other direction we will say no mm-hmm. we will we will yes um do you find yourself often then to also encouraging people to modify garments in ways that they might you know if someone comes in and wants pants hammed and you notice that it's saggy in the seat or something mm-hmm. like this absolutely do you suggest other we do we suggest it um a lot of times people don't know what they look like from the back. Okay, so when they're in here, we're seeing them from the back. So, you know, there's many times when pant- men don't realize that their pants are way too baggy in the crotch. It's saggy in the butt. They don't know it, and no one is nice enough to tell them that, right? So when they're in here, we absolutely consult with them and say, this is something you could use. Now, if they tell us they don't care, I don't mind, then okay. But we feel obligated to tell you that this is something that will make, you know, your pants look better on you, a better fit. Same with women. You know, if they if we, if we come in, they come in and we see that the waist is too big on the skirt and they just want a hem, we'll tell them that, you know, by the end of the day, your vent is going to be in the front of your leg because it's going to slide around on you. And they think that that's not important, but it is. They don't realize that their skirt turns because it's too big in the waist. What kind of questions should people be asking their tailors? What do you wish your clients were asked for when they came in? Well, I always wish they would ask the price up first, up front. Mm-hmm. How much is this going to cost me so that we can, you know, actually give them, help them make an informed decision about what they're about to invest in their clothing. A lot of times what happens is people will let you fit them in a garment from head to toe. It'll take us 20 to 30 minutes to fit them. And then it's cost prohibitive to them. Mm-hmm. So I, I really wish people would ask up front, how much is this? And do you think it's worth the investment? Because we will be honest with you and mm-hmm. tell you, okay, this doesn't have much life left to it. So if you dump $57 into this pair of pants, chances are it's going to explode in less than six months and you're going to be out of that pair of pants. Mm -hmm. So I wish people would ask the price. Yeah. Are people ever shocked by the prices of things? Absolutely. People hyperventilate sometimes because, yes, absolutely. Um, Unless you've been getting tailoring all your life. And you're used to, like you said, cleaners. You might be able to go to a cleaners and because they don't really know the construction of a garment, they're going to give you a cheap price, but you're also going to get inferior work. So, yes, people come in and they're not ready. It's sticker shock with some people to know that getting a suit to fit you perfectly might be $150. But then there's other people that they don't care. All they care about is that when they walk out that door, their suit has head turning ability. When some, someone stops them and tells them that their suit looks fantastic on them, and that's what we do. So we have cases when people are really shocked at the price, but most of the times they realize the value of it. And if it's not a good value, we tell them up front. We don't try to gouge people for money. We tell them, this is not worth you doing. Yeah. How do you decide on the costs of various services? Are you looking at what 
other shops mm. do, other tailors do, or or is it all just based on your own um, uh, internal logic? Well, of course, you know, we, we kind of sort of keep in, you know, in line with what other bona fide tailor shops mm-hmm. are charging. We don't compare ourselves to cleaners prices at all ever. And many times people come in here and say, well, the cleaners charges this. Okay, then that's probably where you need to be because we're not a cleaners and we don't do cleaners alterations. But um, we have pretty standard prices for some things like sleeves are pretty much the same. You know, shorting a sleeve, say, is thirty five dollars. Hemming a pants, maybe eighteen. The things that are different are like primarily bridesmaids dresses because they come in so many widths, so many layers, so many types of fabric. We can't have a standard price. It has to go by the garment. So, you know, those can go as low as 65. They can go as high as 125 just for him, depending on how wide it is. So we try to give fair pricing, but it does have to be based on how that garment is constructed. Yeah. Is that, so is that something that you are just figuring out as you're working on it? Or, or can you usually just look at something and tell? We can look tell? at it. No, we, before you leave here, you know the price. We never let a person come back. You know, you have your price before you go out of here. Or at worst, the next day, we will consult with our tailors. Sometimes if something's really expensive, we will consult with the tailors. And we'll talk it over and find a cheaper way to do it for you. If I, if, if I think it's a garment you really want, like it's your grandfather's jacket and you really want to salvage it, but it's going to cost you $250 to do it, we'll sometimes at the end of the day consult with my head tailor, Faze, and Ollie and decide what we can do for you. If it's, if it's even just giving you a bigger discount, we'll do that. Do people ever try to negotiate? Absolutely, every day. You know, they, they want to know, especially bridesmaids. I keep going back to them because I feel bad sometimes because bridesmaids dresses can be really expensive. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, they do want to negotiate. They want to know if we can get a cheaper price, you know. And so many times we, we try to, but at the end of the day, we have to charge for the work we do. We can't, you know, base it on what you pay for the garment, which is one of my pet peeves. A lot of times people feel like, oh, well, the garment only costs $75 and the alterations are 125 you know, the way what you pay for a garment never has anything to do with the cost of the alterations. And I think every tailor feels that way. They get almost angry when you say that. The garment only costs this. So why are the alterations this? The two aren't connected any kind of way. Is there any correlation between, you know, how well made a garment is in the first place and, and how much work you have to put into it? How difficult it is to work with? Um. Yes. So actually... Cheaper made garments are more difficult to work with. They really are. They're made in, you know, these big factory kind of ways where seams are crossed in ways that they shouldn't be. So a lot of times, the less you pay for a garment, the more difficult it is to alter. And so the price is higher. And that's a lot of times when we get that, well, I only paid this much for the garment. Well, that also sometimes adds to the price of the alterations because it's more difficult to get to areas. Like if you buy a Oxford suit, I guarantee you it's going to be made, the alteration is going to be easier on that than on a Zara suit hmm. because it, the construction of it is, it's actually to the way you would hand make a garment. And so we know exactly where the corners are, what we have to go to to do the alterations. A lot of times now when you get these cheaper brand suits, they're they're made differently. And so it's, it's hard to get to the crotch. It's hard to get to the armholes. It takes a lot more for us to do that. Hmm. Are there things that you, can't fix regardless of how much someone is willing to to sink into yes. the garment. Mm-hmm. What are some of the the things that that are just impossible for you? Well, knit clothes are really tricky. You know, when things are stretched out of shape, it's mm-hmm. very difficult to recreate that shape. Sequins, 
you know, if you come in here with missing sequins and you don't have the sequins, we can't always put sequins back on. And, and, and if we did, it's a one by one hand job. And so most of the time, the cost of putting sequins back on exceeds the cost of the garment. Mm. So, I mean, sometimes leather can't be repaired in a nice way. Mm-hmm. And so we tell, you know, this is going to be a Frankenstein job when you get it back. And so we tell people up front, these are things that don't make good alterations. I will say, though, I'm wearing a leather jacket that, that your shop repaired. And uh, I can't even figure out where the hole was anymore. We can do that. But sometimes, see, you probably had a very clean hole in yours. Sometimes these things are jagged. Mm-hmm. And you can't put that back together. It's not like a puzzle. You can't put it back together and make it smooth. It's going to leave somewhat of a mark. You're going to be able to see where it's repaired. And sometimes that's okay with people. If it's in an area like the elbow or the inside of the arm where it doesn't show, then it's okay with them. Are there other fabrics that are that are more difficult than others? Absolutely. Apart from the knit. Uh, Velvet. Wear? is probably the most challenging fabric to work with. You cannot sew it on a machine without basing it. And I don't know if you know what basing means. You have to, by hand, put this together by hand first with a long thread to make sure it doesn't move. You have to sew it with paper because it rolls, it, it moves under the machine and rolls and twists and turns. So velvet, silk, very soft. Silks are very hard to work with. So, I mean, we can do it, but it's more expensive because it's more work for us to do. What what's the most rewarding part about your work? The transformation. I love it when somebody comes in and they are just mediocre, you know, lukewarm about a garment. And then when they come back, they are super excited. Can't wait to wear it. So for me, it's all about the end result is seeing the customer smile in that mirror and know that we have hit the mark for them. So that's what really makes me happy. Sometimes when, uh, when you get, a garment back from the tailor. It's like having bought it for the second time. Almost yeah. you get that pleasure of looking at a new thing that you own. It's like converting it from an off the rack jacket to your jacket. Yeah. You know, I, I, that's what makes me feel good is knowing that we've taken something off the rack and made it custom for you, for your body. Mm-hmm. It's the right length. It's the right contours, the right silhouette. It's everything that you want in your garment. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for, Thanks for coming. Time. That was fun. I appreciate that. We appreciate it too. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Working. I'm Jacob Brogan. We'd love to hear your thoughts about the podcast. Our email address is workingatslate.com. If you have ideas for things that you'd love to see us talk more about, uh, people you'd love to see us talk to, uh, we'd be curious about that. And we'd love it also if you would rate and review the podcast on iTunes and subscribe. Uh, You can listen to past episodes at slate.com slash working. Working is produced and edited by Mickey Capper, who has never been to a tailor shop before. Our executive producer is the always sharply dressed Steve Lichtai, and the chief content officer of the Panoply Network is Andy Bowers. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 